Welcome back to another episode of J Crypto. Ladies and gentlemen, we actually have a very exciting episode for you today. Disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor, so own your own decisions. Let's get into some Cardano news today. Bow, wow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay, the- Attention citizens, On the set, lights, cameras, always bringing the action. What? NFT project, you betting on? Keep asking. Keep asking. These are the ones I love with passion. Uh. No half-assing, just read the caption. It says, like and subscribe to the homie GK Crypto. Before we start the bit, the video, I want to give a huge shout out to today's sponsor of today's video. This means no YouTube ads. You know, basically, we're going to turn those off on my end. So that way you can watch the rest of the video without any interruptions. Now, they have a large ecosystem, but essentially, you know, it's a play to earn game. All they wanted me to tell you today is that every seven days, if you hold one of their heroes, which are like characters with different rarities, depending on what your rarity is, you will get to claim on a weekly basis DGEMs. DGEMs are the underlying currency of the Chibidango hero universe. So with that, let's get back into the video. And remember, if you miss out claiming your DGEMs, they just stack up. As you can see, I haven't claimed mine yet for my one hero in this account. I also have another hero in a different wallet, but that's all I just wanted to say. Let's get into the video. Thanks. Okay, so if you don't remember, uh, we've been piecing this apart for a bit. And we're probably going to be piecing apart a lot of different things that have come out that are bigger um, on this show. Because the thing that's interesting about governance and about the Cardano roadmap is we're approaching a point where we are going to be implementing all the on and off chain scalability features that we can, essentially. And that's called Basho. Okay. But after Basho, then we get into this sort of uh, era of governance. And there was a brilliant, you know, Dorg uh, Gabash or Garbash. I, I never say his name correctly, but this guy is a legend in Cardano. And he, since um, I believe in the last three months, he actually left, but he was a major guy in, in Project Catalyst. And then you know, he kind of realized uh, this, the, this is kind of the story that people have told me. It's like he, he really helped get Project Catalyst started and going and put a ton of work in. Very wise individual. He would talk about Voltaire early, early on. How Catalyst is kind of like this almost beta of Voltaire, too, in some ways. And uh, he recently moved over to Kickstarter. So he changed over to Kickstarter. But, hey, it's kind of like... Catalyst is a bit of a Kickstarter, so it does make sense why he had another opportunity over there. And he did that because he knew that, you know, Catalyst needed to move on without him, so to speak. He would talk about Voltaire. He would talk about this concept of anti-fragile governance, right? Where every time something that, that happens that's bad, it makes the governance system stronger, right? Because things can change over time. Now, that was the vision. So Voltaire is coming. Now, here's kind of what we need to recognize. Okay, so we're having the Vassal hard fork. Once we have that, you know, there's some some cleanups to do for Basho, for Shelly, for Gogan that we still haven't done, right? And we've talked about that in previous videos, so we won't talk about the cleanups. Catalyst voting 
uh, the voting center. Um, think about, you know, for Catalyst, like getting this Catalyst process to work, not like a, a permission side chain, so to speak, and more like uh, work on mainnet, right? We have the voting center, which will greatly increase voting. We're going to have a lot more voting power. Um, we're going to have D-reps, okay? So we've talked a little bit about D-reps. We'll talk more about them in the future. And obviously getting these processes and systems to link with mainnet. So the other aspects, though, when we think about Voltaire and decentralized governance is who decides protocol governance, things like hard forks, changes to parameters, SIP processes, you know, various other parameter changes, uh, treasury management, right? I'm glad that this is a protocol governance question. <laughs> we seem to have a lot of people gaining influence in Catalyst that have um, agendas, um, good, good-hearted ones on how to split the pie, right? They want to double the fund, every single fund for Catalyst, okay? Um, but we would like to see more people that have a basis for how the pie grows, how the treasury grows, right? Especially in the bear market, okay? Uh, Charles talks about how we're going to be transitioning from a tripartite with three different organizations system of Cardano Foundation, Emergo, and IOHK. So basically, they did this because they had the aspect of governance, which Cardano Foundation, you know, is labeled as in charge of. Emergo for uh, ecosystem growth, right? And then IOHK for tech, okay? So they're, they're moving towards a member-based merit system, okay? So we can kind of see how that looks right there. So member-based merit um, system. And essentially all that we know right now is that uh, Dirk, who was the co-founder of Linux, which is a massive open source organization, is uh, was brought on board, I believe, as early as February of 2022. And that's what Charles said here. And essentially, what's cool is he was brought on board to the Cardano Foundation. Now, Dirk and 50 other members Charles talks about are working on basically this member-based merit system that will be a transition from this Cardano Foundation Emergo IOHK. And there's an announcement coming in September. Okay, so that's that's kind of the lay of the land of, of where we're going. We have this big announcement coming in September. We're still in Basho, so we're not in Voltaire yet. We still have some cleanups to do with other eras. And um, that's kind of where Cardano is at right now. So I just wanted to mention that. Really interesting news on Pavia, right? Because BlueShift, which is like an index, a crypto index platform where you have different indexes that you can um, buy into. Now, BlueShift is on uh, Milkomeda right now, but we'll take a look at it. So they just kind of tease out Pavia, the utility of the Pavia Metaverse Cardano community. Would you like to see Pavia? Let us know. And it's funny because BlueShift already has, if you go to their main site, a, meta, a top Metadex uh, index fund, right? So buying into this index fund is like buying into 10, 20 tokens, however many they have at the time. So that's like what a crypto index fund is like.
if we look, we can see that we have Milk Ada, Multi Mana, Multi Sand, Multi AXS. Multi stands for multi chain. So because we're running on Milkomeda, there's this concept of multi chain tokens essentially, where you are are holding AXS that's been like potentially locked in several because because when you go from let's say axs is an ethereum based token and then let's say that they move it over to polygon and then they you know what happens there is a certain portion of axs uh depending on if it's custodial or non-custodial gets locked in a smart contract and then wrapped to move on to another ecosystem so if you move from polygon to another right then all of a sudden the polygon wrapped uh, asset no longer it has the rights to unwrap the native asset over on Ethereum. So so like now if you move from Polygon to Solana, let's say, now your wrapped AXS token on Solana has the you know the right to unwrap the token on Ethereum. It's kind of a little bit uh <laughs> it's kind of a little bit like in my opinion, just an unclean way to do interoperability of tokens, but it's all we got right now. Now there's other there's other things coming in the future that are super interesting I've been looking into. However, it's not necessarily a bad thing other than sometimes when tokens come onto a chain for the first time, there's just like a supply shock. So prices are not shown correctly, right? Because it's a uh, it's like not part of the market cap of let's say the actual axs token so it, it it has like a wrapped version of these tokens so you have to look at the supply versus like what the market cap is and, and there's some things that can happen there um i'm just going into that to explain what you when you go on milkometa and other side chains what multi stands for it is essentially the same asset and here because it's They've they've um, been able to get you know enough supply onto this sort of infrastructure. The prices are going to be the exact same. So like where where I was referencing was more of like the stable coin effect we saw with Wing Riders decks, where all of a sudden people were buying you know stable coins for over the price of what a stable coin is worth. And, and that's just because there wasn't enough supply of stable coins that were wrapped on Cardano for the first time. So it's not a problem in this case. There could be other issues with multi-assets that I'm just not aware of, but here it's all sorted out, okay? Because it's, it's a different level of maturity. So essentially what I just want to say is it's like a wrapped sand, wrapped AXS, and now they're talking about maybe getting Pavia into something like the top metaverse index. I think it's kind of a cool way to do it because they have different, um, I'm not sponsored by them, but they have different shares and targets. So basically they're selling off certain tokens, they're buying certain tokens. So that way the target percentage of the weighted amount for each of these tokens is represented in the index. And you could even see them add some governance features where people can you know, vote on changing the weighted averages of certain indexes in the future. So it is kind of cool to see. It's a, it's a really cool DeFi concept, I think, personally. But um, that's interesting. One quick PSA is I'm going to be uh, meeting tonight with um, the founder of Argus NFT. I'm really excited about that. 
Um, I covered them yesterday and then the founder reached out and, you know, we were talking a little bit and it was kind of cool because I'm so passionate about what they're doing and I want to try to peer into like, what does this mean for, you know, things like book tokens or audiobooks or music? Because this is a big deal. If you haven't seen, go back to my video yesterday and check out what they did with JPEG store and why it's a big deal. Um, real quick, just want to talk about some of the, I, I want to talk about Clay Nation, Good Charlotte, and Space Buds real quick, because something interesting is happening. I got spooked there. Somebody was trying to enter the door, but <laughs> uh, essentially what's kind of going on with Clay Nation is we're seeing this sort of 2,929 ADA floor price. There's... Um, 3D rigged files that come with these. Obviously, there's access to the actual Clay Nation. And when we're looking at it as an opportunity, I'm not sure what's going to happen because personally, I'm pretty bearish, like mid term, on all the best CNFT projects because I think we're going to be able to get them cheaper. Long term, I'm actually really bullish on projects like Clay Nation. But the only problem with that theory and why nobody knows for certain what's going to happen and why you may see some crashes and spikes is because we don't know what could happen when people come on over to or people recognize Cardano as a um, really prominent NFT ecosystem post Vassal with Lucid. There's a lot of functionality that might interest a lot of parties. And they and, and people might, you know, there, there's this there's this argument where like CNFTs could like kind of, you know, have a moment and um, all these players who have been buying up Soul or Polygon or other NFTs will will be like, wow, I should get the first few historical NFTs on Cardano. Right. So that's tough. That's tough for me. Um, I would approach since I'm approaching this as a brand and I'm buying most likely my first Clay Nation. Um, if I get one before that massive, before, if, if it goes to like $5 million tomorrow, there's no chance I'm going to get one. I'm being more patient with my strategy is what I'm trying to say. Um, because my first one wouldn't be an investment. My second one might be, but my first one would be probably just to use the IP and the brand, but I do own a clay nation plot. So it's all good. I'm also looking at good Charlotte's because these will also have a 3d rendered, uh, file that's given to them. The only thing is like, you know, it's a, it's a good Charlotte. It's not, you know, the, the OG clays. So, you know, uh, and then space buds, 3,700 ADA, this could continue to go down. I'm massively bullish on space buds. So if it hits 3,000 ADA. I don't know, man, I might have to pull the trigger. That's insane. Um, I'm excited though, but nonetheless, you know, it's, it's interesting. The other opportunity that I'm looking at is like things like DeFi and tokens. I just feel like there's a lot of tokens that maybe haven't bottomed, but you know, who knows? They could be getting close to it, right? I mean, we don't know. Like there could be a chance that some of these tokens are getting close to the bottom per se. And, and, and there's a lot of great projects here and, and there's an opportunity potentially to, to really like um, buy into some of these tokens or yield farm into some of these tokens throughout the next two years. And you don't need to invest a ton because the market caps of some of these products are wicked low. If Vassal Hard Fork uh, inquires a lot of interest from the broader cryptocurrency market, 
part of me worries that there could be moments in time where there's a rebalance of value distribution and investments just because there are so many uh, VC players who have invested a ton in other ecosystems, but haven't invested yet in Cardano. So if they find out, if they, if they start to see that, if they start to think that Cardano is going to be the winner in this space, I don't know, man, like if I, I, if I was in that position and I had some capital to deploy and I saw that there was a very, you know, there was a very large amount of projects to be invested in, but it was kind of still easy to see what are the potential winners and you could kind of pick top 10 in each genre. I might deploy some capital because the upside is just too, it's too big not to. So the only other thing though, is, is the regulatory framework. Obviously it's, it's more easy for some of the traditional finance players, not necessarily venture capitalists, but traditional finance players to come into an ecosystem like Cardano. Once things get a little more clear, um, Michael Saylor still believes that, you know, Bitcoin can't be a security, but Cardano could be because there was like an ICO in Japan, which is in America, by the way. So I don't know, man, like he's interesting. I've asked my thoughts to obvious spies and it's kind of funny that he uses that still because there was technically a point where people were selling, I guess, Bitcoin on, you know, there, there was a little bit of an initial offering for even Bitcoin for all the Bitcoin holders before it had like a value, let's say. So it is kind of funny. It's interesting. Now, without going too much on a rant, though, I do think that this ecosystem could be primed for some of those factors. So I'm looking at NFTs, I'm looking at DeFi, and I'm thinking it is pretty interesting. I think MinSwap has a few pairs now with uh, multiple. Yeah, these are pretty interesting to me where you can actually get multiple tokens. Um, so take that for what it's worth, guys, girls, ladies and gentlemen. That's Jay Crypto. I really appreciate you for watching. We're just going to kind of track all these things and we're going to kind of... Um, just kind of look at different opportunities because it's fun too. And there's a lot of opportunities. So it is interesting. That's G Crypto. I'll see you next time. Peace.